Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. What did he do with First down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered. Co-host Connor Miles, my co-host Ed Kraz. As always, we are powered by betonline.ag. Football season's around the corner. There is preseason football going on right now that you can win some money on, and baseball as well. Baseball's coming towards the end of the wire. Make some money on betonline.ag with promo code BLEAV. That's B-L-E-A-V. They will match your initial deposit up to 50%. Head on over there, win some money. Ed and I are doing it right now. We're getting some money in for the baseball season. Preseason's here as well. Make some money with us. Promo code B-L-E-A-V. Ed, you were just over in Cleveland for the Eagles and Browns joint practices. There's a lot of raves coming from the Eagles side of how the team has been looking, especially the offense and notably some defensive players as well. But I want to focus on the offensive side and a guy that I think is going to have the best season of all the offensive weapons that this team has added this offseason and already had in place. I think that who's going to have the best season so far is going to be Devontae Smith in 2022. Uh, he tore up that Cleveland practice. He had them in a spin cycle. Can you give us a little insight of what Devontae Smith was able to accomplish this week? Yeah, I mean, the Browns didn't really have anybody to guard Devontae Smith. He just kind of made plays all over the place, whether it was one-on-one drills or whether it was seven-on-seven or team drills. Uh, you know, He just got open. He caught the ball. Um, and he was able to do some good things after the catch. There, there was one series, Connor, in practice where he caught three straight in – uh, quick slants in, um, and each one, you know, seemed there seemed to be more and more separation uh, from the first to the third. And on that third one, he took it, and there was so much separation between him and the linebacker that he just took it right up the center of the field. And there was really nobody that would have gone for like you know thirty yards, maybe you know twenty, twenty to five, thirty yards just on a quick slant. So. Um, <laughs> You know, that's the kind of thing Smith is showing, I think, this year is his ability uh, to turn short throws into big gainers because he's able to create such separation uh, and, and pick up some yards after the catch. And we all know he can catch and he's made some terrific catches, you know, even before going to Cleveland um, during these practices against, you know, the Eagles first team defense. So, you know, he missed a week with a, a groin injury. He's fine. He's healthy. And and I'm on board with you, man. I think he's going to – if you ask me who's going to have 1,000 yards, if one of these receivers, Brown or Smith, is going to have 1,000 yards, which one would you pick? And I would pick Devontae Smith. I just think 
you know, he's going to be a star. You know, we saw him break out a little bit last year. He set the Eagles rookie receiving record. He needed 17 games to do it versus the 16 that Deshaun Jackson did it in. But still, he, you know, he he's prime, I think, for a big season. He's even a threat in the red zone. He made some nice catches in Cleveland uh, during the red zone drills. Uh, I just think he, he's going to have – if anybody's going to have the 1,000 yards between him and Brown, it's going to be him. Um, but, listen, having said that, Connor, I'm going to say, too, Dallas Goddard really looks like a completely different player this summer than he did last year when Zach Ertz was still here. He looks ready to show that I'm going to be the guy and I want to be the tight end that's going to be talked about up there with the George Kittles and Travis Kelsey's of the world. I mean, he was another guy that the Browns just couldn't – do anything with his size, his strength. Um, you know, he was making plays all over the place, to be honest with you. So this could be a Dallas Goddard thousand yard season too. I mean, that he's that good and he's that type of a weapon that Jalen Hurts is going to use. I think people like to hear that because, you know, not to get away from our Javante Smith talk real quick, but right. I think people, you know, we all talk about the potential of Dallas Goddard, what Dallas Goddard can be. We haven't seen the full product on the field yet. I think, you know, the patience is wearing thin uh, for some Eagles fans because, you know, he did just get that huge payday. So you do want to see the Kittles, the Wallers, the Kelseys of the world type production, Mark Andrews from Dallas Goddard this year. Uh, and I, I do think he's in prime position to do so. And I think the first preseason game, honestly, I just showed it. How yeah. much space did Dallas Goddard have? He was naked in the middle of the field. There was no green Jets jerseys around him uh, when he caught that pass for the touchdown. And then, that's just what I think you're going to see a lot of uh, from Dallas Goddard this year, which, I mean, is exciting, you know. A.J. Brown coming in, you know, asked for so much attention. Even in those joint practices, Ed, I mean, you're the one who saw it up close. You would know more than I would. But even those joint practices, he had the defensive's attention the whole entire time. I mean, imagine that in real game, in real live action. Yeah. So I agree with you. I mean, you know, the addition of A.J. Brown – completes this offense yes he's gonna be a star player for this team also but i mean you guys you gotta think about how much this benefits Devontae smith and dallas goddard because yeah. those guys are probably gonna have better seasons than him but it's gonna be in large part due to him yeah absolutely right i mean Devontae smith just you know to me he looks different this year and i know you know when you're a rookie that comes into the nfl and he was taken 10th overall last year in the draft but the, you know these rookies that come in they they are playing football really you know for the last 16 months you know they play the whole college season and then they start to prepare for you know their combine workout their pro day workouts then they have the draft and then they come right in for a rookie camp and then you know it's OTAs they have so little downtime that it, you know football can become a grind mentally and physically you know, we all know Smith's not the biggest guy, right? I mean, he's six foot, 165 pounds, something like that. Um, so, you know, I think he did a great job with his rookie year. But when you factor all that other stuff in, he didn't have that this offseason. He was able to kind of take that mental and physical break from the game before diving back into the workouts and such to get ready for this season. But I think that that little break that he took after last season to when he began working out, it's going to, going to pay dividends. And I think we're going to see a, you know, I'm really excited after watching him against the Browns when the Browns had nobody that could play him. That's exciting. And, and I'm pumped for it. 
And, you know, and again, I know we're talking about Goddard and Smith both, but Goddard, you know, just two plays that he stood made that stood out to me on Friday on day two of those practices was one, they both came in the red zone. Uh, Hertz threw a really nice ball into the end zone from about 25 yards out that Goddard just went up and high pointed over top of a a D-back. I mean, the D-back tried, but Goddard, Hertz threw it in a good spot. And Goddard went up and high pointed the ball and caught it and just kind of came down with it with two hands. And the D back just fell on his rear end. And, you know, Goddard standing with the ball for a touchdown. And then there was another play he made on a, a throwback screen from about, I think, the 20 yard line where Hertz faked it to the left, threw back to Goddard. And Cam Jurgens was leading the uh, the screen play down the field. And listen, I know Cam Jurgens, don't worry about the center position, Eagles fans, when Jason Kelsey's time is up. This kid, can play, man. Cam Jurgens, he and and even Stouts yelling from the sideline, that a boy, Cam, that a boy. You know, like he just led this parade of blockers down, and 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 Jurgens hit somebody around the five that just cleared the spot for Goddard to go in for a touchdown off a throwback screen from about the twenty yard line. So, you know, Goddard made the two plays that stood out, but Cam Jurgens also stood out on one of those. Man, Eagles fans, look at the Bears. Look at what the Cowboys O-line's been becoming lately after being the most dominant O-line in, in early uh, portions of the 2010s. Eagles aren't going to be an offensive line purgatory at all. You'd think after a player like Jason Peters, you struggle to replace him. A player like Jason Kelsey, you're going to struggle to replace him. Lane Johnson, when he's out, you're going to struggle to replace him. But no, that's not the case. That is never no. the case. They always have next man up mentality. And the next man up is either just as good or, you know, can eventually gradually become better than the guys replacing. It's insane. Jeff yeah. Stoutland, man, you have to take your hat off to Jeff Stoutland. No, no coach in the NFL can replace Hall of Fame talent with adequate players that are on the same wavelength than Jeff Stoutland can in the NFL. Yeah. It can't be done. It cannot be done. Bill Belichick's not even doing that in New England. You know, yeah, when, and, when, and I think like, you have it's to give, crazy. You have to give credit to Howie Roseman. I mean, we've seen kind of a gradual rebuild of this line. We've seen Jordan Mulata. Now, granted, he was a seventh round pick, but Mulata has the desire and the passion to be a great player. And you know, you can credit Statland for him, and maybe Howie for listening to Statland and saying, "Okay, we'll draft him with a flyer pick in the seventh round back in 2018." And Stout, we'll see what you can do with them. But, you know, we've seen Brandon Brooks go and we've seen, you know, uh, Isaac Siamalu now move over to right guard. And Siamalu is one of the smartest linemen on this team. But we've seen Landon Dickerson, how he took Landon Dickerson in the second round. And everybody thought, oh, boy, we got another injury plagued guy. He was able to stay healthy last year. He's healthy so far this year. He looks phenomenal. Um, and, And we saw Dickerson talking to Wyatt Teller for quite some time. Uh, after practice ended on Friday, it was so cool to see, like, you know, you see some of these teams have these joint practices and they, and there's fights and, you know, bad temper. And and there was some jawing back and forth with the Eagles and Browns, but nothing, no pushing, no shoving, no after the whistle stuff. And then after practice Friday, you look out on the field and it's about a half hour, 40 minutes after practice is over. And Lane Johnson and Jordan Mulata are talking to Miles Garrett and Wyatt Teller. And then Wyatt Teller and Landon Dickerson break off. And these guys are talking. And I'm just watching, you know, practice is over. Nobody's really left on the field. And these guys are out there. And they're you show them. They're like backpedaling. They're showing each other techniques and tips. And, you know, I just thought that was so cool to see. So this O-line 
has been gradually replaced with some players. Like you said, Peter's gone, Malata steps in, Brooks gone, Siamalu steps in, Dickerson steps in on one of the guard spots. Cam Jurgens is waiting in the wings for Jason Kelsey. I don't know if Jack Driscoll's the answer behind Lane Johnson. I think they need to do a little better there. And maybe in next year's draft, they'll go out and they'll find another right tackle to get ready for that day when Johnson, who's 32 now, is ready to step aside. So um, kudos to Howie, kudos to Statlin for making this line really go through this seamless transition from veterans to a, a younger crew. Real quick, what's your vibes around this team? Because I think there's a lot of strong, positive vibes. Uh, you know, some people are even mentioning 2017 vibes around this team what what are you i mean you're the one who's there what are you feeling yeah. what are you personally feeling yeah i you know i'm encouraged i mean like thursday i thought the two rounds and the eagles played pretty much to a tie i thought both teams did some good things but you're looking at two different teams that you know different two different philosophies both offensively and defensively that first day the browns did a lot of running and the Eagles don't face a lot of running against their own team during camp because the Eagles just don't mm. practice running much. And that that's really weird to say, because they led the league in rushing last year. So, you know, the Browns with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, I mean, these guys were testing the Eagles run defense and they gashed them a little bit. Um, but on the flip side, the Eagles offense was making plays too. So I would have called Thursday's practice a tie Friday I gave to the Eagles now it was a different type of practice it was more two-minute drill stuff more red zone work uh the Browns didn't run the ball as much and uh you know the Eagles didn't have James Bradbury but you know they had guys doing well defending the pass so I I, I give Friday's practice to the Eagles so my vibe right now around the team is I'm encouraged I, I came out of Cleveland thinking you know this this team may be able to meet the expectations we have for them, which is to maybe get in, you know, to get in the playoffs and maybe go on a little bit of a run, win a game. I think they can do that. Cleveland's got a good team on paper. You know, yeah. I know that they have their situations that are going on with Deshaun Watson's going to probably derail their season, but they have a good team on paper that practice against the Eagles. And that secondary is no slouches. Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, John, uh, John Johnson. I mean, they got some guys, Grant Delpit in that secondary. Yeah. Greedy Williams. I mean, you know, we yeah, saw Brown Greedy Williams got beat like a drum. Yeah, we've seen that all over Twitter. The Eagles put out that video. I saw it live, and I was like, wow, man, that was a heck of a play. And now I see it, and the Eagles tweet out that video. We're not allowed to shoot video at that point of time in practice. But I was even more wowed seeing it in slow motion. I'm like, man, that you know, you see it live. You see it once. You don't see a replay of it at practice, you know, so you got to kind of, uh, you know, remember what you saw. And then I saw it again. I was like, man, that, that play was better than I originally thought. So, um, yeah, so they had some guys out there, Greg Ward – um, Denzel Ward didn't practice because of uh, a, a foot injury. He was just out there doing team uh, individual drills, but he didn't participate in any team stuff. But um, yeah, I thought the Eagles did a nice job. I thought it was a good two days of work for Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, I just, yeah, I mean, it's hard not to come out of there feeling like, yeah, they, this team has a chance to do some good things. So we like to hear. So, Ed, or is it time to panic about this back of quarterback position? I mean, Minshew's had a rough camp. Uh, they apparently like Reed Sinet way more than Carson Strong. It's apparent. Uh, what should we? Be, what's the feelings around the back of quarterback? I mean, I'm not personally worried. I think you know Gardner struggling is Gardner struggling, but I still think he is an adequate quarterback two in this league. Uh, I think the Eagles are fine at the back at quarterback two, but quarterback three looks like it's Reed Sinet's jobs to lose right now. Oh, well, absolutely. And I'm not even sure Reed Sennett's going to be on this roster. If I had to do my 53-man roster projection, and I have done one going into camp, and I didn't have 
the Eagles keeping Reed Sinnett on the roster. You know, they had him keeping just Hertz and Minshew and putting Sinnett on the practice squad. And I had nothing is changing my mind along the way. I don't think they're going to keep three quarterbacks. I think they'll take their chances that no one's going to grab Reed Sinnett off their practice squad. Um, because I think, you know, Sinnett, when he played against the Jets, he came out a little nervous. You know, he yeah. he did not do a good job in that third quarter converting first downs. He didn't move the team. Now, he did take them on that 18-play march that gave them the lead very briefly, under two minutes to go. Uh, but, you know, he, he has shown enough that he can play, I think, as a backup in this league. You know, you don't think Reed Sinnett will ever start, but I think he can be an adequate backup. But right now, like Nick Sirianni said with Gardner Minshew, I mean, you know what you have in Minshew. He's got game experience. He's got 41 or 42 touchdowns in his career to six or, you know, 12 or 13 interceptions. I'm not sure what the number is, but there's a big gap between his touchdowns and his interceptions. I think he's a 63% completion guy. So, you know what you have. Uh, you know, yeah, he struggled a little bit in camp. I thought he did some decent things against the Browns. He did throw an interception at one point. But, um, you know, I, I think he – you shouldn't be too concerned about it, I don't think. I think just knowing his history, you know, I think makes him an adequate backup. And, listen, if you're – you know, if Hertz goes down for the season early, then, you know – I'm not sure you're going to meet those expectations around the team, mm. but I think Minshew can win some games, and I don't think Reed Sinnett's ready to be in that role yet. Agreed. Running back is a position that everybody's had their focus on lately with Miles Sanders being out, Kareem Hunt in these joint practices. There's trade rumors involving him as well. You yourself have mentioned that they might make a move for a, a safety. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm more for I, – I don't know. You know, usually Trinity Camp – Trades are high Rosen's bread and butter, and he usually makes a move. And I'm expecting one uh, coming in the next coming days from some kind of training camp trade, whether it's a, you know, an Eli Harold type trade or it's a Ronald Darby type trade, uh, something to you know that that boosts this team. But do you think it's going to happen in, at, at the running back position, or you think it's way more likely at safety that they make a move at safety? Well, I think you're talking about two positions that you know are the two biggest needs, especially safety. And and how he's already made the one trade. He traded J.J. Ortega-Whiteside to Seattle for uh, yeah, Ugo yeah. Adami, the safety. You know, he's probably going to be more of a slot guy. I haven't seen him do anything, but, you know, he just got here. Um, didn't do a whole lot against the Browns, still figuring things out. Um, so I don't know what they have there. You know, how he always makes these August trades. He's made nine of them uh, since 2016. Uh, you know, when they traded for him, I did a story and a breakdown on all these deals that he's done. You mentioned to Eli Harold that the Eagles sent a starting offensive lineman away who was an undrafted free agent at the time, Ryan Bates out of Penn State, and he's starting on the Buffalo Bills line. Meanwhile, Eli Harold's nowhere to be found. So, you know, he lost that one. Obviously won the Ronald Darby deal when he sent Jordan Matthews away. That was a huge one, but Darby was a starter on the Super Bowl team. Um, you know, and there's a handful of others, you know, he got Rudy Ford in a deal from the Cardinals, a, a special team stud for a defensive tackle named Bruce Hector. Uh, he, he acquired Minshew last August, uh, at the end of August. So yeah, he makes deals. And I, and I think you're right. I think he's probably going to do another one and I'm not sure exactly what I think Jalen Rager is very much in play, uh, what they're able to get for him. Now, listen, I, the Browns receivers to me, aren't that good. I mean, they have Amari Cooper, but after that, I mean, I, I was not impressed with the receivers. So could Rager who's in the last year, of his contract be dealt for someone like Kareem hunt who's in the last year of his contract. It may be my thinking on that would be, 
I don't think Hunt really fits in terms of, you know, is he going to, he's not happy in Cleveland because he wants a new contract. Is he going to be happy in Philly still wanting mm. a new contract where Miles Sanders, by the way, he still wants a new contract. So now you have two running backs splitting time, trying to earn the next contract. I, I'm not sure that's a good dynamic to have in the locker room. No question. Hunt's, you know, he's got the ability. He's also got a lot of red flags in his past. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think they're going to trade for Hunt. I know they're kicking the tires on him. You know, you have to look around the league and see maybe somebody gets cut. You know, the teams have to cut another five players off their roster on Tuesday. They have to go from 85 to 80. You know, maybe there's someone out there that they take a flyer on or maybe they try to trade for somebody. But, you know, Hunt, what are you going to give up for a guy if you're not going to give him a new contract? when you trade for him, what, what are you going to give up for somebody like that? I mean, it certainly lessens the, the deal, what you have to give up, but if you give them a new deal, then you got to give up a lot more. And the Eagles don't really give running backs, you know, these high paid contracts, what's it going to take to resign hunt six, seven, $8 million a year for three, four years. They're not going to do that. that. So you almost have to sharpen the shop in the bargain basement aisle for someone like that. But safety again, Rager could be in play if there's someone that wants a receiver that has an extra safety laying around <laughs> and, and maybe you do that. Cause to me, it's, it's Harris, the safety positions, Anthony Harris and Marcus Epps and Marcus Epps, by the way, had a great Friday practice. Terrific. Um, couple For the brand. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's, he, he's, he looked good. Um, and there was some concern about him Wednesday. He missed, I'm sorry, Tuesday before they went to Cleveland, he missed practice with a back injury and you think, uh Oh, you know how back injuries are. Is this something serious, something that could linger, something that could impact him, you know, early in the year? But he was back out there for two days in Cleveland, and he, and he didn't look like he missed a beat. So that's a good sign. But after Harris and Epps, man, I don't know what you have. Jaquaski Tart still working third team. Uh, you know, I like this Reed Blankenship and Jonathan Gannon. Yeah. Some phrases, his versatility. He's not just a post safety or a box safety. He can play both. Um, you know, he's someone that could be in play. Kayvon Wallace, I think, will make the team just because I don't think they're going to give up on a fourth rounder just yet as he goes into his third season. He's been okay, but they could certainly use more. And, mm-hmm. you know, to me, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in another safety. Either. Um, I don't think it's going to be Kareem Hunt. I'll tell you that right now. I just don't, I don't think the Eagles. I think they're going to pay bare minimum for running back as long as they can because they have a dual threat quarterback that provides, uh, you know, Jordan Howard's out there averaging 61 yards per game. Like they, they put, they insert guys at running back thanks to the dual threat of Jalen Hurts and they succeed automatically because of that. I I, I don't think that trend's going to change. I think if they were to make some kind of splash trade at running back, it would be Josh Jacobs, who's on the last year of his rookie deal, rookie deal, rookie deal. And I say rookie deal because. That's the same thing as what J.J. was. Now, J.J. was a fourth-round pick. Josh Jacobs was a first. Jacobs make a little bit more money. But mm-hmm. if I'm Josh Jacobs' situation, Las Vegas is telling me, we drafted this running back in the in the mid-rounds we really like. We're going to go the New England way of the running back committee. You're going to have to either get on board or go somewhere else, which you know it is rumors that they're shopping him. With the Eagles, you don't necessarily have to ask for a new deal. You have to ask for an opportunity to showcase yourself because you're trying to get a new deal. Uh, you're right. not going to get a good opportunity to showcase yourself in Las Vegas with how they're going to approach the season. Whereas you go to the Eagles, Miles Sanders has injury histories. Kenny Gamewell is an unknown right now. Uh, I do think he's going to have a big year too, but still the fact is he's an unknown right now. And I think a lot of people 
You know, the word around Kenny Gainwell at camp lately is that he's been underwhelming, or you haven't seen that leap yet. No. But I think it's hard to tell. I, I'm going to be honest with you, Ed. I think it's hard to tell if running, how running back looks at training camp. Because, I mean, yeah. I, I, you don't well, really want to get your full yeah, what, what's ahead. concerning about Gainwell is he's just dropping passes, and that's kind of his bread and butter. Wow. You know, he he was out for a couple of days with a hip injury. He returned to practice. Uh, it was a, the Sunday before they went to Cleveland, so he practiced Sunday, Tuesday, and then two days in Cleveland, and he's dropped five passes in those four practices. And wow, and he. I don't know if you saw, I mean, my, my camp, I, I wrote a story uh, on Friday and, and how Nick Sirianni was so angry at Kenny Gainwell, uh, not just for that drop, but he called out two mental errors. And I think one of them was just, he ran the wrong pattern and forced an incompletion on, on a, on a, uh, the first one he dropped was at the three yard line. The Eagles were in a two minute drill first play, bam, right to Goddard, right to the five yard line. Next play, they throw it to Gainwell about the two or three yard line his back is to the goal line and he just drops the ball and okay, that mm. that's bad play. And then on third down uh, or yeah, third down, I think he ran the wrong pattern and Hertz had to run to his right. And then Gainwell kind of broke open and Hertz just threw it to him near the goal line and Gainwell caught it. But Sirianni was livid. He's like two mental errors in the two minute get out. That's what he yelled at Gainwell. And Gainwell just jogs off the field. I mean, he's not happy with Kenny Gainwell. And that's concern. You know, I mean, I yeah. I think he's going to get some time against the Browns in the preseason game. I think he's going to play because he has to. He just hasn't shown enough for you to be confident in him. Now, that said, Sirianni did praise Gainwell prior to Friday's practice for his ability to pass protect. You know, the Browns did a lot of blitzing during Thursday's practice and Gainwell was in on a few of those and he was able to pick up the blitzer. So that that's good, right, that he's able to pass protect. But, you know, the, the hands are the bread and butter. And if you're not catching the ball, it, it's tough to get out there on the field in Sirianni's offense. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. The Eagles got to check their water. After you're a rookie running back, you start dropping the ball. Because yeah. Miles Sanders, I mean, yeah. that was the craziest. I thought the craziest decline in Miles Sanders' overall talent is his ability to catch the ball. Because he was right. the Eagle, when he went from being their best vertical threat as a running back to not even a threat at all catching the ball. Yes. Yeah. That, I mean, it's insane. Right. What's Check in the water? The water. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it. so like I'm saying, Josh Jacobs would make some. I mean, I don't think they're going to make a move for running back. Let me just say that right now. And I don't think they need to. Because I think you can get production out of anyone at the running back position, especially at a spot where the waiver wire, when the preseason cuts come down, you're bound to get a guy that's going to be good enough to be productive in this backfield. And guess what? You gave him no assets for him. That's where I'm at with running back. I'm not giving mm -hmm. up an asset for running back because I'll tell you right now, they're replacing Miles Sanders with a draft pick next year. They're going to continue to pay bare minimum for that running back position. They got burned by DeMarco Murray's huge deal. They have not had a player of LaShawn McCoy's caliber in their backfield since LaShawn McCoy left that backfield. They're, so they're not going to pay LaShawn McCoy superstar money if they don't have a superstar. It's not going to happen. They're going to keep paying bare minimum, and I think it's very smart football to do so because they were number one in rushing last year, and their whole entire running back room made less than majority of uh, quarterbacks on their rookie deals. Yeah, That's how cheap the running back room is, and I, I keep doing it. Keep to, I yeah. think that's smart football, to be honest with you, because you can get as many fresh guys in as possible, and you're barely paying them. Yeah. So I like that. But safety, I, you know, Jaquaski Tart, I don't think they're going to give up on him. As crazy as that sounds, because I know he's as far behind as he is, 
but he has their most experience in the defensive backfield as a starter at safety. You know, he started seven years for the San Francisco team, which is a very talented defense coming from a very intuitive defensive coordinators, Robert Sala and Tomiko Ryans. I think that uh, longevity and that experience is going to factor into the Eagles' decision at the end of the day. But again, you have to see what the guy is made of. He has to pick up the system in order for him to be successful. He might be one of those signings that really doesn't showcase himself until midseason because of how far behind he is. So I'm still with you. You know, Andre Shashare is making this team. He can give you uh, nickel snaps. He can give you safety snaps. And he's a really great special teamer. But yeah, I, I do think they have to look at the safety position. And again, that's another waiver wire pickup move that they might have to look at. But I think you're right. I think the best way to go about it is to do a trade. And your best asset is either Andre Dode or Jalen Rager to work with anyways. Yeah, I you know, I have four safeties that they're keeping right now. Harris, Epps, Shashere. And then it comes down to, I think, a battle between uh, Tart and Blankenship to be that fourth one. And then I think they'll keep... Um, Josiah Scott, who they've cross-trained from slot corner to safety, I think he'll kind of be your swing guy. They'll keep him on the roster too. So, you know, do you count him as a corner or a safety? He can do both. But um, I think right now it's those three plus this battle between Tart and Blankenship. And then Josiah Scott will be kind of the swing guy. Uh, and he'll be the backup to Maddox probably in the slot. He'll be the backup at safety if needed. Um, but you're right. I mean, does that excite anybody? I, you know, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, Harris is an average player at this point in his career, in my opinion. Um, I think they can do better. And, you know, what it's what's it going to take to bring somebody in who is better? Uh, you know, I wouldn't trade Dillard. I, I don't think you have any backup left tackle depth at this point. You know, uh, I certainly wouldn't trust LaRaven Clark there. Jack Driscoll's gotten all his snaps at right tackle. I don't and he's been average as the backup there. Um, so who do you have? I mean, Brett Toth is still working his way back from a torn ACL last year in the regular season finale. I mean, maybe he could be the guy, but I don't think he's going to be ready to start the season. So who's your backup left tackle? They've tried Coyote Owasika there, who was an undrafted free agent last year who got mostly guard reps. He's hasn't taken to that spot. They've tried uh, Josh Sill, who's a, uh, undrafted free agent this year who, you know, was a guard in college. He's played there and he hasn't done too bad, but I don't think you're ready to ride with him as a backup left tackle at this point. So I would be very surprised if Dillard is used in any sort of trade thing. I know they're in a rock and a hard place. The Eagles, this is his last year of his contract. You'd like to get something from him and maybe they do at the trade deadline. Maybe, you know, the trade deadline comes and Brett Toth is healthy and he's looking good in practice and you're confident enough in saying, okay, you're a backup left tackle if something happens with Mulata. And we're going to trade Dillard and try to get something before we just lose him in free agency like they lost Halapula Vati Vaitai uh, after uh, his contract was up. Depends what the – if the value matches the player, then they'll move him. But, you know, that ha Howie's level of value is a lot different than ours. Yes. So we'll see. Last last topic I want to hit on with you real quick just for a little fun discussion. This linebacker room is looking like it's becoming the strength of this team. Kaiser White yeah. has looked very good. Yeah. Training camp. Uh, I, you know, we were questioning if he was going to be the next OJ four. I don't think that, I think that's out of the question now. I think he's making the team. Yeah. He's starting to linebacker for this team moving forward. But, you know, Dakobe Dean had some very bright spots against the Jets. TJ mm -hmm. Edwards is having a strong camp. Mm -hmm. Hassan Reddick is obviously the same. We consider him more of an edge, but still, this linebacker room is looking like one of the strengths on this team, which is, you know, I feel like I should put some holy water on myself for saying that. 
Well, don't forget Davion Taylor and Patrick Johnson too. Mm-hmm. I mean, those two guys, I mean, you, 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 they've done a great job beefing this linebacker room up and, um, you know, I love a good linebacker core. I think that gives you all sorts of options as a defensive coordinator to, you know, scheme up different uh, plays, different blitzes for other teams to have to worry about. But, you know, Kaiser White, man, he is so motivated. He First of all, he's on a one-year deal. So, you know, he's got a lot of motivation there. And then second of all, he's playing for his hometown team. You know, he grew up in the suburbs in the Lehigh Valley at Emmaus High School. He would go to – you know, he went to – training camp when the Eagles trained at Lehigh. I mean, he's a huge Eagles fan. He He's going to be playing in front of family and friends every single home game. So, you know, this dude is motivated on two different fronts, and I think he is going to have a good year. He He's a guy, Connor, I think that can guard a tight end, which was something that the Eagles had trouble doing last year. I think he has the ability to do that. I think you can bring him on certain blitzes. We already seen him have a nice interception against the Jets. He had one against the Browns. He almost had another one against the Browns. I mean, he, he to me looks like, you know, he could be poised for a huge year. Yeah, he looks like their best linebacker on their team from what we've seen so far. From what we've seen and then been yeah. able to see so far, he looks like their best linebacker on their team. I mean, and Kobe Dean's going to start at some point. I mean, and TJ Edwards has looked good as well. It, it, it's, it's weird. It's weird. It is weird. You know, it's certainly the most depth. I mean, you know, you look back to the Super Bowl year, you know, you had the Michael Kendricks, N- Nigel Bradham, who was huge. Uh, you know, Jordan Hicks was hurt, but, you know, he was on that roster. Um, but, you know, this is a roster that can do some things now with the linebacker core beefed up. Um, and, and I'm excited to see what Gannon does with it. You know, um, I just think there's well, plenty I, of options. I think one of the huge issues – you know, that everybody doesn't look at is the huge issue that they had against the run defense is they had no linebackers that were threats to stop the run last year. Mm-hmm. This year, I don't think that's the case. Well, they have some very that, yeah. good run stuff in linebackers. Yeah. And you have a guy in the middle in Jordan Davis who can occupy some blockers yep. to give your uh, linebackers a little bit room to roam and make those tackles. I mean, Alex Singleton now in Denver led the team with 130 tackles, but how many of those were, you know, after five yards were gained on the ground? I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, with the ability now up front, you know, a second year out of Milton Williams, you have Jordan Davis. Um, I think Marlon Tuipulatu has looked good on that defensive line. And then of course, Fletcher Cox, who I think, I think he's going to have a big year just because, again, if you talk about motivation, he's on a one-year deal now. He's he's playing for his future, not only with Philly, but with any other team that might want to All take right. a flyer on someone who will be 32, I guess, next season. So, you know, you factor all that in, and I think those defensive linemen and Javon Hargrave, I think they can consume blocks and allow your linebackers to make plays, step in and fill the hole. We saw, saw Nicobe Dean do it. He's fearless, man. He'll – you know, he's yeah. undersized, but he's fearless. He'll step right into that hole and he'll hit the hit the running back um, for a one-yard gain. And, and, you know, that's what I like about Nicobe Dean. It's just his fearless and his instincts. And, you know, he, he's – I don't know how many reps he's going to get once the season starts because it's such a deep group. Gannon was asked about possibly having a linebacker rotation. He called, he called the linebacker room a deep group. Like, yeah. yeah. Crazy. I mean, he, may have, he may have a linebacker rotation based on – you know, matchups and this and that, but you might see, you know, guys just shuffle in and out of there. Each each linebacker 
playing, you know, I don't know. You'll have Edwards probably playing. He'll have the green dot probably. So he'll be out there for maybe 70% of the snaps. But then those other guys, they're just going to filter in, in and out. And that's pretty cool. The guys will be fresh. Awesome. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's an exciting uh, time to be a linebacker <laughs> for the <laughs> Eagles. All right. Let's end this episode on this. How crazy does this sound? How crazy does this sound? There is a chance the Eagles defense is better than the Eagles offense this year. Yeah, I mean, listen, you got two number one corners, Bradbury and Slay. Uh, you have that that deep linebacker group. Like you say, you have a very good defensive line. Uh, the concern Your front is, seven is as good as, yeah. you know, it's been since yeah. the Super Bowl team. Your concern is the safety spot. Can they stop plays from going over top of them? And, you know, I, I know Gannon likes to play everything in front of him, and that can be frustrating because teams kind of nickel and dime me to death because they're taking away the deep stuff. But that back end has to hold up. And I will say Deshaun Watson, who practiced plenty in, in two days, he he hit some thro throws over the top of the defense. And, uh, you know, that safety spot, they, they just got beaten. And, you know, he was hitting, you know, he hit a couple 30-yard chunks, um, there were plays that he didn't make. He overthrew that would have been big gainers because they were behind the defense. So um, that's the concern of the defense. But the offense has concerns at the running back spot. But mm -hmm. I, I will say, I don't think the Eagles want to run the ball as much as they did last year. Um, they want to throw the ball. And you still have Jalen Hurts as your top running back who's going to pick up yards for you. So, you know, to me it's safety and then running back is another number two need. But both positions – have issues, in my opinion. And I agree. I mean, I, and every I, I, team does. Think right. I think the defense could be better than the offense. It could be. It really could yeah. be. And I'm not going to lie to you, Ed. Marcus Epps, Anthony Harris, and whoever the third safety is, I'm just going to throw it out there. Jaquasi Tart, just for sake, uh, is not that far off from Ronnie McLeod, Anthony Harris, Marcus Epps' safety room last year. Mm -hmm. Especially with how Ronnie McLeod was looking. I mean, the Eagles moved on for a reason. I think it was the right reason. I think his time is done, and it was time to, you know, give Marcus Epps his snaps the way that Marcus Epps looked last year. So, I mean, I don't think this safety room, which, I mean, again, it was weak last year. It's weak again this year, but I don't think it's as far off as it was last year. And if you can get by with you what you had last year, you can definitely get by with what you had this year. That's just my yeah. opinion on it. I still think they need to add somebody. I'm not saying they don't, but yeah. I think they can get by with this safety room. And I think it's because Marcus Epps is only going to continue to get better you're going to have your true number one safety there, Marcus Epps. Anthony Harris looked better down the stretch. Let's just get that out of the way. He did look better out down the stretch. He knows the system better than Ronnie McLeod did. Uh, mm -hmm. He is hand room picked from the defensive coordinator. And, you know, you hope that Jaquashi Tart shows what he did in San Francisco and becomes that, you know, that seven-year starter that he looked uh, in San Francisco at some point. But, again, he, you know, he waited this long to be signed into this offseason for a reason. He's been missing – Really valuable time. They have Reed Blankenship, who is a developmental guy. They have Kevin Wallace, who drafted in the fourth round. I'll just share. We don't know yet, but I don't think the safety room is as far off as it was from last year. Is all my uh, what my point is. And I know we love Rodney McLeod. We we thank Rodney McLeod for everything he did in Philadelphia. He was a great player for the Eagles, but last year he fell off. And you know this year I, I think they have you know a promising guy, Marcus Epps, that's going to get more time. So. I don't feel as different about – I'm just saying I don't feel different about safety this year than I did last year. So I think they can get by with it at least. But mm -hmm. you're right. It is a it is a problem when you're talking about these deep passes and you need safety help over the top. If these guys aren't ready, that's going to be a problem because you have guys in this division, Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott, that will throw along when they need to.
Absolutely. I mean, they've got receivers too that can, can get by you. C.D. Yeah. Lamb and Terry McLaurin. I mean, you know, they're going to take their deep shots, especially if other teams see, you know, a first-year starter and Epps back there. You know, they play Washington, I think, in what, week three maybe? Um, yeah, they go down to – go down to Landover, Maryland to play them. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see the development. Tart, I mean, Gannon talked about Tart. He said, you know, he has a role, but this is an important two weeks for him. And it is. I mean, if he doesn't step up in these two weeks, then he may not make this team. I mean, they may go with Reed Blankenship, an undrafted free agent safety, um, which would be really surprising. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think Tart has this team made by any stretch. Um I think he's still fighting. Um, and I think even Andre oh, yeah. Shashari could be fighting. I mean, again, it, it's those two guys, Harris and Epps, and then, you know, then what? Uh, you know, Shashari's had his moments. He had a pretty good camp. Didn't really stand out to me in Cleveland. But, uh, you know, has he done enough? Probably. But, again, they're still sorting through this safety spot. Yeah, I think Chuck Clark will get revisited. At some point, because I don't think Baltimore needs them anymore. And I think that will get revisited at some point because the Eagles and Ravens do deals. All right, that's going to do it for us, though, guys. We will see you very shortly soon. Again, as you see, we're bringing our content back. We're getting live and getting content back out there. So we will be back very soon. It's great to recap these joint practices with Ed, learn more about the defense and the offense. Uh, we will see you guys very soon. Thank you for tuning in. Again, si.com slash Eagles for all your up-to-date news from Ed Kras and John McMullen. Thank you guys very much. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.